Turn in your Bible to 2 Kings chapter 6. It's part two tonight, but let me tell you something. Just because you missed last Wednesday, if you did, it will, it will not matter because tonight will stand alone, but it will build upon last week. Uh, and let me just affirm to you, and somebody told me this, uh, I, I think it was, um, somebody told me, mm, I'm trying to remember, I said, well, you need to go online and, and, and listen to last week's or even view last week. And they said, oh, I do that all the, if I can't be here, I go online. And I went, give you a brownie star. Let me say to you, there's no reason, you know, for, for us not, not to get the word of God, even if we can't be here. Okay. And so, and I understand, you know, I see some of you, you know, Brent, he's, he works in, uh, oil, in Exxon Mobil, uh, Valero and other places. And, you know, how many of you know, it's not always about punching the time clock. Sometimes you just got to go and be there. Uh, and so I understand those things. Uh, and we go with family and friends. But that doesn't mean we have to miss God's word in our life and, and growing spiritually. So I want to encourage you to take advantage of that more so than ever before, especially as we move into the new year. We're trying to be better technologically with you uh, to help you uh, help stake communicative with you. In fact, tonight, we're, I'm setting kind of the select of the elect group here. The Wednesday night crowd, uh, they're, they're pretty, uh, you know, pretty faithful. You can count on you guys. Let me just throw this at, at you. I need to know this, and I want you to be honest. I don't want you to, you know, feel embarrassed. Uh, how many of you are on our email list from the church? Okay, lift it real high. Okay, pretty much everybody. If you're not, you need to be on our email list. Okay, because we send out info. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you very rarely ever check your email? Lift your hand. Okay. Well, that ain't bad. Because uh, you, you, I check it all the time. I just, it's on my phone. So, because we're trying to figure out how to best communicate with you guys. In fact, we're probably working in 2016, uh, getting a mass text type program where I can text you all at one time and tell you, come quickly to the church and bring your checkbook or, or something like that. I don't know. You know, uh, so we're working on those things, but a lot of new things are, are coming down the pike. In fact, we're working on this. How many of you on, on Sunday morning, you've noticed a little change in how we do things on Sunday morning? Have you noticed? Have you, and I, I'm not hunting for a compliment, uh, but uh, have you appreciated those changes? You feel like they're good for us? And one of the challenges is we're working towards putting boxes on the back walls for your offerings to where we're not taking up uh, what what sometimes is 8 or 10, 12 minutes of our service. Not that it's not important to share the Word of God. We're just doing that at different times. And training you to, when you come in, put your tithe and offering in the, in the little containers, and then when you go out. And so uh, it's not that we're working towards never talking about it anymore. We're just doing some different things to help free up space to let the Holy Spirit have His way in the services. Amen? So, hey, uh, thank you for being here. Are you at 2 Kings chapter 6? All right. Pressing past your phobias. I said this last week. Uh, phobias are like elbows. Everybody probably has a couple. All right. A little fears, things in your life. Some of them are kind of funny. We talked about some of them. You know, there's, there's, there's the, there's the, there's actually a fear of peanut butter getting stuck in the top of your mouth. There's weird fears. I mean, uh, there's, in fact, Aaron, I, I forget what it's called, but there's an actual fear of baldness. People not being bald, but bald people. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had anybody, you know, Gideon had it or Jojo had it a while. I don't know. <laughs> 
Yeah, he has a fear. Uh, I, I was talking about this one time, and I was speaking before a, um, a group of uh, missionaries, and, and, the, and the guy who was speaking right after me was a very well-known uh, uh, speaker, nationally known, and, and so I was a little intimidated, so, so I threw out a few of these, and his name's Mike Mele, and I said, I, I tell you, I'm battling, a, I went through some of those funny fears, I said, I'm battling one right now. It, and it's 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 uh, speaking before Mike Mele a phobia uh, and and uh, everybody laughed and and then of course he stood up he said I have a a, a fear of of speaking after Sam Walker a phobia so he he but uh, we all have a few but in reality fear is it can be very destructive in our life and so it's very important because it's really the antithesis of our faith and we're to we're born again by faith. Come on, we're born again by, and we walk by faith. We live our life by faith. So it's important not to let these things in our life that undermine our faith, and fear is certainly one. Uh, and so with that in mind, we, we talked a lot last, and we're going to talk again about how when you get a revelation of the bigger picture concerning what's going on, what's going on around you, it helps you be able to press past your phobia. And the illustration is Second Kings chapter 6. You know the story. Uh, I think it's the Syrian king. He was after uh, um, Eli- Elijah. Elijah or Elisha? I'm not reading it. Elijah. Elisha. Elisha, that's right. I got it. Second Kings. And, and so uh, he was hearing the, the enemy king's battle plans in his in his prayer time, and he was telling them, the king of Israel, and, and foiling the plan. So, so they sent this massive army down to Dothan to get him. He said, we're going to fix this. And so you know the story that they woke up and the whole, the whole city of Dothan was surrounded by the Assyrians, uh, and they were after uh, Elisha. And, of course, he had his servant there. And the servant, uh, he, was, he was fearful. And he saw that, and he, he said, basically... Uh, as he, you know, wrung his hands. Everybody wring your hands. Just, you know, he's wringing his hands. And he said, what are we going to do? Tell somebody that. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Okay, what on earth are we going to do? Uh, and he said, fear not. Everybody say, fear not. For they're more with us than there are with them. Everybody say it. Do, oh, let's, in fact, let's read this. Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, the servant did not see a thing. But then Elisha says, oh, he prays and he says, open his eyes that he may see. And it, God opened his eyes and behold, there was chariots of fire and, 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 and angels and supernatural presence all about them. Okay. And so what happened to the young servant was that his eyes were open to the, somebody say bigger picture. Everybody say bigger picture. We may say that a few times, so just get some practice. Everybody say out loud, bigger picture, bigger picture. So, uh, so we use that. We're gonna we're gonna go back to that. Let me do some quick review with you. I gave you a definition, Pastor Sam's definition. It's not an all inclusive one, but in this scenario of bigger picture, I think it works great. Uh, here it is: fear is nothing more than a natural reaction to a distorted perspective of a temporary circumstance. Let's, let's peel it apart here just a little bit. 
Fear is nothing more than a natural reaction. It's natural. How many of you know when somebody comes up behind you and goes, woo? I mean, it's a natural reaction that you do what? You jump. But then when you turn around, you get revelation. It's my stupid husband. Okay? Uh, it was a, you know, uh, and so, and it was temporary. And so it turned from fear to anger and then bloodshed and all those things that happen uh, when you do those kind of things. Uh, but, uh, so, in fact, the scripture, I think a proverb says, don't be afraid of sudden fear. In other words, when it comes, it's how we handle it. And so when we have, when we're going through issues in our life, you need to understand there's a bigger picture. And what you see with your natural eye is a distorted perspective of something that's only temporary. And you think of the servant. He couldn't see the bigger picture. So all he could see was the what he could see. And it was there surrounded. It's over. What are we going to do? Okay. And so, uh, and so last week, uh, we turned to First Corinthians 4. You don't need to turn there. I encourage you to go again. Uh, we kind of blended these two thoughts and we looked at, we used, uh, this illustration, uh, as we went through First Corinthians 4. And I gave you five, uh, eye-opening truths about the bigger picture. Here they are. It's just quick review. Number one, my outward circumstances should not affect my inward confidence. Everyone say it. My outward circumstances should not affect my inward confidence. You don't let what's going on out on the outside affect what's going on the inside. In fact, what's going on the inside ought to affect what's going on the outside. Amen. If you got fear on the inside, guess what? It's going to affect on the outside. But if you got faith working on the inside, it's going to affect what's going on the outside. And number two, my circumstances are only temporary. I say they're only temporary. It's really only temporary. Amen. And then number three, I said my circumstances or our circumstances are working for us, not against us. That's the mysterious thing about it all. How does that work out? It works out. When you go back to the, to the illustration I gave you in second Kings, here's what happened. Here was the bigger picture that being surrounded by the enemy actually turned out for God's greater glories to the point that the Assyrians never came against uh, uh, Israel again from, uh, and so the bigger picture was it was working for them, not against them. Amen. Here we go. Uh, my, res- my circumstances require a response, not a reaction. You can't be a reactionary when fear comes upon you. you it requires a response. How am I going to respond to this? You know, when things come upon me, it's important for stop, think, you know, and hey, uh, don't be a reactionary. You know, and, 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 you know, and Josh and I, uh, we've talked about this and, and, and Jim, we've talked about this. Uh, in fact, we are card carrying, concealed handgun, licensed, uh, uh, and we, and, and, and as well as Trish, anybody else that's, uh, uh, there you go. We got Roberta. Oh, yeah. In fact, we, 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 did we go in our school together, Felicia, or did we just, find, we just met each other out at the gun range. That's what it was. And so, and so we talk about these scenarios, especially in the day we live in. How many of you know if somebody comes blowing in here, uh, you know, shooting up the joint, what's that sudden fear, right? But, the, re- the requirement that I have as a licensed handgun uh, uh, carrier, or, or Josh and Jim and all of us, is we can't let sudden fear get a hold. We, we can't be reactionary, but we it demands a response. We'll deal with this issue later, but right now I have a response. And I, I'm going to tell you my response is I'm going to pull out my pistole and I'm going to jack it back and I'm going to begin walking towards and I'm going to be putting some bullets 
hopefully in the heart area of whoever's trying to hurt my family and friends and church folk. Are you with me? Say amen. That's where your preacher stands. We'll pray for him later uh, as he's on his way to heaven uh, or her. I'm just telling you. But the illustration is this. Okay, uh, you can't be reactionary. But we do have to respond on every level. And then finally, I threw this in at you last. My earthly circumstances are seriously outnumbered by heavenly citizenry. There are more with us than there are with them. Everybody said amen. So with that in mind, turn to Philippians chapter 3. I should have had you go there earlier. We're going to use Paul uh, to kind of build on this tonight. Uh, and uh, we're going to look at some more practical principles on being able to, uh, to uh, see the bigger picture and keep our eyes open to the bigger picture uh, and uh, be able to walk in faith uh, and not uh, in fear. Uh, and so Philippians chapter 3, uh, I'm going to, in fact, I'm going to read the whole chapter. Let me throw something out. I read an article the other day that kind of helped me about the, about the early church. And even before the church was birthed, uh, did you know uh, when Jesus was ministering, not a lot of people could read or write. And there were very few copies, if you will, of the Old Testament and the law. And the basically the way it worked was you'd go to the synagogue and they would just read the Bible, what we call the Bible. And, and, and it was, that was a huge part of church because people didn't have Bibles. And so they just read or, or the law. So they would just read it. And, and even when Jesus was his earthly ministry, they would just come and listen to the, the word being read. Okay. Now today in church, we're, you know, as pastors, oh, if you read too much, you'll lose them. Let me just tell you something. We ought to one day have a service where we just read the Bible for 45 minutes. I'm just, we're going to read the Bible together. I don't know, but, uh, so I'm going to read the entire chapter and I want you to engage with me and let's, let's just read it together. And, and from Philippians 3, I'll give you some insights about keeping your eyes open to the bigger picture. Here we go. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but is for, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilation, for we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Uh, though, and you could preach from that verse right there. Uh, uh, and, and then he goes on to say, though I also might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he might have confidence in the flesh, I'm more so. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, the Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is of the law, blameless. I'm telling you, he's got some, he's got some OT cred here. How many of you know what OT cred is? Old Testament cred. He's just, and he's laying it out. Hey, I, I was considered blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for the, for Christ. And, and yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. Everyone say rubbish. Anybody got King James Version? Dung. You can just say it, dung. You get the picture. You, you want to know what the Greek interpretation for dung is? Dung. He said, all these things I'm counting as... Okay, you got it. All right. He counts them as dung, as rubbish. Uh, and I started commenting. I lost my place. Somebody give me the verse. 
8, there we go, I'm back up there, I went too far, uh, that I might gain Christ and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. You see, he, he, he said, this is where I'm landing, through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God by what? Faith. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings, being conformed to His death, if by any means I might attain to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on, that I may lay hold of, uh, of, of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk, for you have us for a pattern. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they're enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things, for our citizenship is in heaven." for which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body and it, that it may be conformed to His glorious body according to the working by which He is able even to subdue all things to Himself. And everybody said, Amen. Now, you, note, uh, you may or may not have noted in that chapter there was not one reference to fear, but there is reference to principle. That, uh, that when we think of the bigger picture, and that's what, hey, that's where we're coming from. So I'm going to give you some bigger picture perspectives, uh, some, some practical prim, prim, uh, principles to help you keep your eyes on the bigger picture. And when you keep your eyes on the bigger picture and you begin to catch that principle, in fact, we need all of us, uh, when we, when we see question marks that arise in our life and big, you know, what are we going to do opportunities? We need to ask ourselves, now, wait a minute. What's the bigger picture here? Okay. Because there is a bigger picture. In fact, I say this all the time, uh, or, or quite often when nothing seems to be going on, something's going on. There's a bigger picture. Okay. So with that in mind, uh, let me give it to you this way. Here's the first thought that I want to, I want to help you a practical principle in helping you open your eyes to the bigger picture and thus be able to, uh, overwhelm and overcome, if you will, uh, the, the, the phobias that, and you get past the past. Here's the, here it is, or past the phobias. Open your eyes to the past. Everyone say to the past. Practical. Here we go. Open our eyes to the past. Now, we just read what Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Now, but we need to, when we think about the bigger picture, I'll, I'll, I'll fill in the blank here just a minute. We need to, hey, we need to, even when we look back, all right, we look back, we say, you know, what's the bigger picture about my past? And here's what I want to tell you. A big part of forgetting what lies behind is in processing your past properly. Okay? How many of you know, if you go through a traumatic moment, 
you have to process that tra trauma or that fear in your life or that hiccup in your life or that mistake in your life properly. If you don't process it properly, it will hang on to you and, uh, and, and will become a stronghold in your life. Are you with me? Say amen. And so you got to process it properly. People process fears in their life. Uh, you know, if you have a fear in your life, you just, you try to guard against it. Man, I ain't going there. I ain't doing that. That's boy, I'm staying away from that. But when I, hey, listen, you got to, we got to get past the phobias. And so let me give you three thoughts about process, processing, uh, your past properly. Number one, you got to process your mistakes properly. How many of you made a few mistakes? And we all made a few. How many of you got more than one in your, under your, okay. <laughs> How many of you got some you ain't even telling, you're not telling. Yeah, we all have mistakes, but you have to process them properly. And this is what we see Paul doing. He made some, you know, he defined, you know, when he said, uh, I was circumcised the eighth day. I have a Hebrew, a Hebrew concerning zeal. Catch verse six, persecuting the church. I'm telling you, he was in hearty approval of the persecution of the New Testament first century church. He saw, he saw now his brothers and sisters, some probably lose their life and, and be beaten and persecuted. And, and he realized that my life, though I was zealous for what I was doing, it was a mistake. It was a mistake for me to be holding the coat, uh, of those who are, uh, being beaten and persecuted. It was a mistake. And listen, we've all made mistakes. And so we've got to process them properly in our life. You know, you, here, let me give you this phrase. Don't rehearse it or nurse it, but curse it, and then you can reverse it. <laughs> Don't rehearse it or nurse it, but curse it, and then you can reverse it. Most of the time in our mistakes, all we do is rehearse them. We just rehearse them over and over again. That's why Paul said, hey, I'm forgetting this. I'm not going to rehearse this. I'm not going to nurse this. Oh, did you know? Oh, some people, they just love to nurse their hurts and their pains and their fears and their, and their problems and their mistakes. Oh, man. And it just, oh. And they just keep it alive in their life. No, we want to, we don't, we want to curse that thing and reverse that in our life. If you've got a fear in your life, you don't want to just tiptoe around the tulips. You want to get over this thing and pass it. Are you with me? Say amen. And so, uh, and so, uh, in fact, my dad used to say this. My dad wasn't a very merciful guy. Uh, my dad, you know, I could come in with blood dripping, you know, I could have all kinds of, uh, you know, I mean, I could be on the, I don't think I've ever been on the verge of death, but my dad would, you know, he would see me and I would need some compassion and care. My dad would say this real lovingly. Well, did you learn anything? <laughs> and, and, and I, I, boy, I'll never forget that poor, my poor old dad. But you know what he, you know what he was saying? Listen, you got to process this and learn something from it and grow thereby. Amen. And then if you've made, if you, hey, if you've made, if you've made mistakes from the standpoint of sin, hey, listen, deal with them. Confess them. First John 1 9, if we confess our 
sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Come on. Listen, practical pointers to get to have the bigger picture. Uh, you got to open your eyes to the past and deal, process these mistakes in your life uh, uh, rightly. And learn, you know, in fact, John Maxwell wrote a book years ago, Failing Forward. The whole premise is when you make a mistake, Fall forward, not backward. Learn something and grow thereby. Are you with me? Say amen. So you got to process your past uh, and, and open your eyes to the past. And, and, and that'll help you get past the past and past the phobias and the problems and the fears of your life. And then, and number two, you got to process not only your mistakes, but you got to process your milestones properly. Those good things that you've done. How many of you know, even in Paul's religious upbringing, there were some positive principles of his life and the scripture and the word that he, that, hey, great accomplishments, but you got to process them properly. I'm not leaning on my, on my successes. A lot of People, when they get over, get through one hump, they go, ooh, I'm camping out here. I got over this one, and man, I'm a, I have arrived. How many of you know, no, you've not arrived. You just got uh, first base, okay? There, some people think one level of success is hitting a grand slam in the, you know, in the World Series of Life. No, it's just one little, and sometimes... We, we look to our past and we, we embrace the benefits of our past. You should do that, but you can't build your future on things from the past. And you gotta process the good and the bad. That's basically what I'm saying here. You know, when Elisha, uh, uh, uh had a, a real big breakthrough in his, he didn't stop there. It just kept growing. It kept building. And so, and so you and I've gotta, we've gotta embrace the milestones properly and realize, hey, you know, I give him the glory for what he's accomplished in my life, but I'm not going to live there. I'm moving on. Are you with me? Say amen. So you process your past, your mistakes, your milestones, and then you've got to process, I'll call it, but for the sake of an M word, your mandate properly. You've got to ask yourself some questions about your life, and you've got to say, did I do, when I look back, did I do the will of God? Did I accomplish what he called me to do? If not, what do I need to do to tweak? Because we'll talk about that in a moment. And, and realize that, hey, I look back. Have I, was I living under the mandate of God and His authority in my life? And so that's just some thoughts. It's not all inclusive. But listen, if you, if you want to get the bigger picture about your life, you're going to have to go back a little and process the past. Now, if, you, if you're hung up back there, you're going to have to go back there and get unhung up a little bit. Now, I'm probably not the guy, if you want me to massage your brain for weeks at a time to get you past that, uh, but there are people who can help you do that. But, hey, let me just say, you don't just go back and, and, and dig holes in the basement and just woe is me about the past. No, you go back and you process it properly. If I made a sin mistake, I'm going to fix that with confession and a change of life. If I was, if I'm looking back and glorying in yesterday, oh, for the good old days. No, I'm not doing that. Uh, if, if, if I missed it as far as the will of God, I'm going to change that in my future. But I've got to go back a little bit so I can pray. A big part of forgetting is processing the past properly. You see, if you don't process it rightly, it'll haunt you to the day you die. Are you with me? So, so uh, that's a, you got to open your eyes 
to the past. And you think about Elisha and you think his past. And when they were surrounded there, how many of you know he had a history with God? When you got a history with God, you can realize, hey, I don't need, in fact, I probably missed this. It was probably in your notes. The, the, uh, um, the servant, uh, he needed, uh, a, a manifestation of, of something. He needed a physical manifestation for him to get past his phobia. Elisha didn't necessarily need it because he knew something about God. Okay? He had understood from his past experiences with God that God was with him. And that there were more with us than there are with them. Amen? Everybody say there are more with us than there are with them. So, hey, uh, you got to process the past properly. So you open your eyes to the past and work through those issues uh, and... Uh, and, and get past it, and then you can begin to move past the phobias and the fears of life. Number two, uh, 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 in order to, another good practical principle about keeping your eyes open to the bigger picture, opening our eyes to the present, to the here and now. Some people are in denial about what's going on right now. Okay, but you gotta, you gotta deal with life right now. Some people don't like dealing with today. Have you ever had one of these days? I'm just going to bed. I'll wake up tomorrow and we're going to forget. That yesterday will be in the past. And, and there's some, hey, there's sometimes that's just the way it is. Uh, but you got to ask the bigger picture. In fact, you look at, you look at, at Paul. He was, even though he said, I'm forgetting, look at Philippians, uh, uh, three, verse three. Look what he says in verse three. He said, let me tell you about where I am today. This is, and I'm kind of putting a little bit of words in his mouth. He said, let me tell you where I am today. I put no confidence in the flesh. This is my present. My past, I was confident in my religious upbringing. My today, I have no confidence in my flesh. Okay? And then when you look down in verse 12 and 13, you, you, you get a flavor of him walking in the now rather than the yesterday. Okay. He says, not that have already attained or am already perfected. In other words, I know what's going on in my life right now. I've got an honest assessment of where I am right now. And I'm dealing with life based upon the here and now. I'm dealing with my life. I, I can't, yeah, I can't, I can't uh, be so, you know, hung up in the past, but I also can't look so far that I don't deal with today. In fact, you find scriptures about that. Paul said this to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 6, 2. He said, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. What's he saying? You got to deal with things today. Today, we open our eyes to these things and we say, hey, you know what? Right now, there's some things I need to deal with right now. Some people don't want to deal with issues of life. And if you got a phobia, you go, hey, you, if you go to sleep without dealing with it, you're going to wake up with it. If you just try to tiptoe around it and keep going, you'll find it just keeps finding you out over and over and over again. And so uh, you got to deal with it today. You can't just say, you know, tomorrow. In fact, here's an interesting thing. Remember what uh, uh, the Pharaoh, you remember the, you remember the, uh, uh, the plagues 
there is one, and I've, I've used this illustration a lot. You remember the frogs, frogs everywhere? I mean, there's frogs, frogs. I mean, frogs are cute. They got, and as Stacy said, when she's a little baby, we got a video to prove it. They got bumps on them. She's petting a little frog. They got bumps on them. Uh, and, uh, just cute. But how many of you know, if you had them everywhere, the cuteness would wear off in a hurry? I mean, you think about this. You lay down in bed. They're just everywhere. Frogs are everywhere. And so, so Pharaoh goes and he says uh, to Moses, oh, you got to get rid of these frogs. I mean, they're just everywhere. Help me. There's frogs everywhere. They're in my, you know, they're everywhere. And, 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 he, and Moses asked him, he said, well, when do you want me to get rid of them? Now, remember, we're talking about the present. When do you want to get rid of these frogs? And Pharaoh in all his wisdom said, how about tomorrow? Man, he had, he got some. How about right now? We don't want more, no more frogs in bed. We don't want any frogs in our drawers, uh, both chest of drawers and drawer. We don't want frogs anywhere. Okay. But he didn't understand. God's a God. Sometimes we have to deal with the issues of life, not tomorrow, but today. Okay. In fact, David and Goliath. How many of you know Goliath could have been a huge fear? And you know what? I'm, well, I, I can't camp out here, but I just think, of, you know, David, had a, he had a perspective about God and faith. Uh, and uh, he said to this Goliath, he said, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. Not someday, not maybe one day. Everybody say this day. Listen, if you're going to get past the phobias of life, you got to start dealing with some things today. There's some things you can't put off to tomorrow that you got to deal with when? Everybody say right now. Everybody say today. I'm going to do I, I, this. I got to deal with today. Let me tell you something. If sometimes you, you realize, you know, today I've got to go to war and I'm going to bind this thing. I'm going this, the, this giant's coming down. This enemy's coming down. This fear will not control my mind any longer. Today I'm going to do something proactive about this issue. And we got to open our eyes to the present. And, and I would say to you, you need to ask us, what can I do today to get past this phobia or this fear or this issue in my life? So we got to open our eyes to the past and process the past properly. And then number two, we got to open our eyes to the present and say, what do I need to do today in order to get past this thing? There's some things I do today. And if you, if you, if you procrastinate, okay, you're just going to have to come back at it again. So, uh, and so with that in mind, here's number three. Here's the third thought. I'm going to give you four tonight. Uh, here's the third thought uh, about uh, getting your, keeping your eyes open to the bigger picture. Everybody say bigger picture. Man, when, nothing, when you can't see something, there's a bigger pick. There's something bigger going on. And here's number three. We've got to be, we've got to continue to be opening our eyes to progress, to our future, to pressing forward. And we say, what's the bigger picture about my future? You see, it, again, we talk, I think I mentioned this last week. If you're hung up in the past or if you're hung up in your phobia or fear or your issue, you don't have a future. Literally, 
because you've, you've paralyzed your life. Uh, but uh, you've got to look to the future. That's why Paul said in Philippians 3.13, reaching forward. Everyone say reaching forward. Reaching forward to those things which are ahead. In other words, I'm going to be proactive about pressing forward. I'm not just going to hope something happens. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to get in the game here. I'm going to ask God, what's the bigger picture about my future? And if you, hey, when you realize that, oh, when you get tapped into God and His bigger picture. How many of you know, Scripture says and and that, that God has a wonderful plan for our life. Amen. What's Jeremiah 29, 11? I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. And Paul had this in his head, man. He's going somewhere. He's not hung up in the here and now. You've got to deal with the here and now, but I'm not hung up in the here and now. And I'm certainly not hung up in the yesterdays of life. You know, uh, uh, I, I deal with the yesterdays of life. Uh, and I deal with the todays, but I'll tell you where I'm headed into the future. All right? And so let me give you a couple of thoughts to kind of just, this is practical stuff. Number one, in fact, this is very important for where we are right now, just uh, uh, chronologically in the year and as we look into the new year. Number one, take time to pray, plan, prepare, and prioritize your life. Take time. Listen. If you're going to press forward, you're not going to do so by accident. You don't just stumble into the destiny of God for your life. You become proactive about your future. And you take time to pray and plan and prepare and prioritize your life. And let me just throw this out to you. From you know, I see a couple of our college kids, and uh, and and uh, sorry, kids. Everybody's a kid, other than you know some of these. You know, Jim's not a kid, but most of the rest of your kids to me. I'm sorry, I'm an old man, uh, and I feel that way. But uh, uh, most of us young adults, uh, you know, I, I, let me tell you something. Priorities are huge, and in the middle of your getting all these things, you got to realize, man. One thing I've got to prioritize, if I don't if I don't keep him first in my life, all these other things are going to just falter and stump and fall and dissolve around me. So you've got to take time. Listen, and as you look to the future, you know, I hope you don't just look to the, new, the, the yearly calendar as, you know, oh, you know, ho-hum, the tune is dumb, the words don't mean a thing. I hope you have a sense that, uh, that hey, you know, 2016 is not, is just going to come and go and I'll be the same old, same old if I don't take time to pray, plan, prepare and prioritize. You see, a big, huge part of getting past the phobias of life is moving past them. Making progress in life. Life's biggest challenges require extensive prayer, planning, and preparation. Life's biggest challenges require extensive reprioritization of our responsibilities. Tweaking and tuning and retooling our lives, listening to what the Spirit of God is saying to us. Beverly and I are in the process of selling our home, and we're kind of a little, I've mentioned this to you. In fact, I've got some pastors in the area I won't mention. Uh, you know, when you, when you, you, people assume so many things. You know, the pastor's house is up for sale. 
Where's he going? I don't know, but I'm not leaving. I'm, I'm still your pastor here, so nobody panic about that. Uh, but we're in this kind of, you know, there's some unknowns, there's some question marks. And I, I, Beverly and I have talked to each other, and we said, and, and I tell her this because, you know, I, I don't have a place to live yet, and I'm probably going to be closing Tuesday, but that's my plan. I, I want to close before I, and, and I told her, I think there's some things we don't know yet. And so when, until we know we don't go, we're not going to react, we're going to respond. And I have ways and means to have a little window to do that. And so that's the way we're doing it. I wouldn't suggest that to everybody. But in all of this busyness of, of, of that, I've, I've, I've stumbled a little in this, this, this take time to pray, plan, prepare, and prioritize because my priorities have been more perfunctory, uh, and more mundane, uh, than future and destiny. You know, it's been more like, wh- what are we going to do with this stupid cat we have? Like big serious things I deal with. I'm joking. I've had bad thoughts about that cat. Y'all will have to pray for me. Uh, and the two abandoned dogs that we now take care of, which Laura and Stacy abandoned at our doorsteps, I know where they're going. I'm playing, I'm playing. Josh is getting really nervous over here, and Brent, I don't know. Uh, so anyway, uh, but hey, we've got to, in our future, we've got to take time to pray, plan, prepare and prioritize our life uh, and, and and that's hugely important to, to uh, for progress to take place in our life I think of the first century church now I'm telling you their world was upheaved you think of the followers of Jesus Jesus died on a cross uh, he rose again the third day and he and he manifested himself for 40 days before he ascended to the right hand of the father and they had instructions. Uh, but let me tell you something. Their whole world was reprioritized. Their whole life had been upheaved. And so you look at them and you think, man, they were proactive and they were, you think they attended the first 40 day church growth seminar. That's how long Jesus, the resurrected Christ, man, they were engaged in their future. You can't disengage from your future spiritually. You can't get so mundane in life that you're disengaged spiritually about your future. You'll find that you don't get past anything in life. You're just the same old, you're stuck. Okay. And so they were engaged. They, they had the church-wide corporate prayer meeting. Man, they were, they were interceding and praying and in agreement together. And in fact, uh, when you read Acts 1 and 2 and they, they, they were all engaged in, in, in the church business meeting. We gotta, we gotta get some new leadership in here. And they, they worked through that together. And they were all together in one place. Uh, praying and planning and preparing and reprioritizing their life and the Holy Spirit fell upon them and the church was birthed and I'm telling you how many of you know they got past some things that day the hurts and the pains and the quandaries and the question marks revelation came and their eyes were opened up to the progress of life and they began to see great progress you know all their progress seemed to be stifled and people scattered. But then when Jesus rose from the dead and then the church was birthed, oh, hey, crazy thing happened. When Jesus rose from the dead, crazy thing happened. All this trouble turned out 
to be God's plan in the first place. These circumstances were actually working for us, not against us. Everybody go Shazam. And so, and they, they, they were engaged in, the, in their future. And then here's another thing about opening your eyes to progress into the future. Take, uh, take time to pray, plan, prepare, and prioritize. Number two, take some action now. It kind of fits along with the last thought, but there's some things you need to do today to make sure tomorrow is, a, is fulfilled. And that, I don't know what that may mean to you, uh, but, you know, I think about David at, Z, at Ziklag. Everybody say Z, Ziklag. You know, he, they came back and their city was burned with fire. And the, uh, who was it? The Amalekites had stolen their wives and kids. And, and man, I'll tell you, his, his best, closest confidants had little, they had a little staff meeting and voted to stone their leader. <laughs> that make you feel the warm fuzzies all over. They spoke of stoning him. David because of the trauma of their moment. And so David, rather than succumb to the fear of, of complete loss and devastation, he took action. And he said, bring me the linen ephod. He went into the place, he began to pray and seek God. Listen, there's some things God will tell you if you'll take action and get involved and engaged in your future and progress. He began to seek God and the Spirit of God spoke to him a very clear word. Pursue your enemy for you shall doubtless recover it all. Now what had happened if he had failed in that moment of, of, of fear and 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 phobia of his life, my greatest fears came upon me. We're out fighting our enemies and they came in the back door and stole our kids and wives and families and my friends have turned on me. My closest confidants are speaking about stoning me. I guess it's over for me today. You know how that goes. No, he said, you bring me the lint. I'm There's some things I've got to do right now. What if he had procrastinated? What if he had stumbled around in the woe is me's for a few days? while the enemy gets further and further from the pursuit possibility. Hey, let me tell you something. Pro, uh, procrastination is a dream killer. One of these days, maybe tomorrow, maybe the next day, some things you got to do today you got to get you into the future. Things you need to do today. Everybody say, uh, take action now. And so, one more thought. You got enough time for one more thought? Here we go. One more thought. One more practical principle uh, from uh, 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 Paul and from, the, and from this outline is opening our eyes. If we're going to get the bigger picture, everybody say bigger picture. You got to open, I said everybody say bigger picture. Here we go. Oh, you got to open your eyes to your position. Everyone say position. Everybody say position. Now we're talking about our position with God. And this is hugely important uh, for you to, to, to get past the phobias of life. Uh, and uh, you got to ask yourself questions like this. What's the bigger picture concerning my place in life? Uh, where do I stand with God? If you look in Philippians 3.20, uh, you see Paul had a bigger picture perspective. He said, for our citizenship is in where? Heaven. He said, here's my position. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. And my, my citizenship 
and my governorship is in heaven. In fact, what Paul tell the Philipp, uh, pardon me, the Ephesians, he said, you need to get this understanding about your position with Christ. You're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Far above these issues and these fears. So when you get your position understood that when you, as a Christian, I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ. Everyone say in Christ. And I'm going to repeat every time I see it, I'm going to say it because that's the biggest little word in all the New Testament. In Christ means fixed position. It's fixed. Hey, even though in this life, I, in fact, what do, if we had time to go back to the Corinthians passages we picked apart last week, he said, we don't even look at the things that are temporal. We got a bigger vision here. We look to the things that are eternal. And where am I? I'm fixed with Christ. I belong to Him. He is mine. I am His. And you know what? It doesn't matter what I go through in this life. I'm on my way to heaven. My citizenship is in heaven. Somebody say amen. Now, and, and here, when you get, your position is everything. Because how many of you got some condition issues? You look at your life, ooh, there's, ah, yeah, 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 the condition of my life. Uh, let me tell you something. Your position, and this is, I've said this a thousand, your position can change your condition. You'll never, from your condition, change your position. You get in your position right, it'll begin to change the condition of your life. Okay? So you open up your eyes to the bigger picture. Man, I'm, I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. Far, I'm not going to be down in the basement digging holes. Glory to God. I'm seated with, I'm looking down on this. My perspective is I'm looking down on this situation. It doesn't have me. I got it. And I've got, and, and I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. Amen. Woo. You see, we got to keep our eyes open to the bigger picture. Everybody say bigger picture. We got to, We've got to open our eyes to the past. We've got to open our eyes to the present. We've got to open our eyes to, to our future. And we've got to open our eyes to our position, where we are in Christ. And that gives us a bigger picture to be able to look and say, glory to God, it doesn't matter what I see with my natural eyes. I'm, I'm fixed. I'm positioned rightly. And there are more with us than there are with them. I'm going to fear not. Everybody say fear not. Fear not. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm done. Let's let's stand up for just a minute. I'll give you a little stand-up moment. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, help us open our eyes. I want you to pray this prayer tonight. Pray a prayer, something like this. Lord, help us keep our eyes open to the bigger picture about our past, about our present, about our future, and about our, our fixed position in Christ. Help us continue to see from a higher plane. Help us begin to embrace the bigger picture of our life and get past the fears and the phobias of our temporary circumstances. So we stand fast in faith today. As Paul said, Philippians 3, I'm going to live by faith. Not by 
anything other than a complete trust in the finished work of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. If you got someone close to you there, just reach out, take them by the hand. Just say, Lord, we agree together that you're going to help us get past the phobias of our life. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Well, everybody love the Lord, say amen.